Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back in your word. Help us now as we do that, as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word healing, we'll turn to Acts in chapter 3. And here we see the gift of healings being given to the apostles and by the power of the Holy Ghost. And these miracles are being performed. And we can see this in Acts chapter 3, where a lame man is healed. Where it reads, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that enter into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that it, that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Peter had the exact perfect attitude right there. He could have tried to take the honor, the glory, the praise for himself, but he didn't. He immediately pointed it to the Lord. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses." And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Talking about how all the prophecies of the Old Testament that were about the coming of Jesus Christ and the suffering and the crucifixion and the resurrection were all fulfilled. 
Verse 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before this preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive unto the times of restoration of all things which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you, from his iniquities. Clearly giving the Lord praise. This man was healed by the power of Jesus Christ. And Peter and John did the perfect thing there of giving God all the honor, all the glory, not taking it for themselves. Using that healing of that man as an opportunity to give them the gospel right there, to remind them of the prophecies and the fulfilled prophecies at the coming of Jesus Christ. All right, now go right on into chapter 4, and we see here the Jews being upset at all this. Not all the Jews, of course, just the contrary the Jews, the unbelieving, the haughty, pious, self-righteous bunch, not the true believers, but the ones that were in it for their own glory and their own praise. They were upset. They were jealous. They didn't want to see this continuing. And they got upset about it. But we see how some of this unfolds here in chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the princes and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. A wonderful miracle had taken place right there. But what, they were just resistant, completely resistant, wanted to stop it. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So about 5,000 people came to be, become born again, came to be believers in Jesus Christ through this one act of healing this man and the short message that Peter and John had delivered to them. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, now this John isn't John the Apostle, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst. They asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? That was a dumb question. They should have known. They were all around there. They heard. They were all part of the big uproar to crucify Jesus Christ. They knew exactly what was going on, but they wanted 
Peter and John to incriminate themselves by claiming that it was of Jesus Christ because they'd already condemned Jesus Christ, so then they could tie them in with Jesus Christ and condemn them also. But they were just pure of Satan. So it continues verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole." This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Giving them a little bit of the gospel, telling them what it's like. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of, of them that they had been with Jesus. So they were surprised at the change that had taken place in Peter and in John. They were fishermen. They weren't well educated in the scriptures like these folks that came up against them were supposed to be, being the high priests and the religious leaders and yet totally ignorant of the Word of God. Studied it, yes. Read it, but had not truly believed it, had not received it. We see so many examples of this all through the Scriptures. And, of course, today, there's a lot of people out there that have read the Bible and have gotten absolutely nothing out of it because they did not want to get anything out of it. They did not want to believe it. They did not open their hearts and receive it. They just went right through their head. That was it. In one ear, out the other, you might say. Or they read it and it just fell right out. Because they were not willing to accept what they were studying. Verse 13 again. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and Ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. At least they understood that, that, hey, here's the difference. These folks were with the Lord. These folks had spent time with Jesus, about three years. As it continues, verse 14, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Clearly seeing the results right there. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Some 5,000 folks were already saved because of it but that it spread no further. They wanted to stop it. Like, don't let this continue. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. 
And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old on whom this miracle of healing was shown. So we have this wondrous event taking place, this miracle right in front of them, but yet they are so determined to be against God, proclaiming that they were of God, but totally not of God. Infiltrators, Satan's infiltrators in there who were completely contrary. And it's sad to say that there's nothing unusual about that. There's a lot of people that enter into the ministry that are not of God. They are of Satan. They are in there to pull people away, to cause people to have false religions, false beliefs, to fool them into thinking that they have things right, but yet they don't. Roll right on into verse 23 here. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that they, with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal. No, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. It is by the power of Jesus, through his strength, through the miracles that he can allow us to be a part of by way of the Holy Ghost that is within us through the finished work of Jesus Christ, and always giving the Lord, all the honor and all the glory for all the wonderful things that happened, just as they did. Awesome example there. All right, now jump on over to chapter 5 in verse 12 through 16. Here we see an amazing event unfolding. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were 
the more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. All of them that were brought before them. And I'm sure every time they gave Jesus Christ the honor and the glory for it, not taking it for themselves, giving us the perfect example of any work that we were able to accomplish. It is accomplished by the power of Jesus Christ. Because we can't even take a single breath without being a blessing from the Lord. It's by His grace that we even still exist. All right, now turn on over to Acts in chapter 8. And we see here Philip and some miracles being performed through Philip. In Acts chapter 8, picking up verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Great joy in that city because the power of the Lord being displayed and there was people getting healed. Alright, now into chapter 9. And we see an interesting event unfolding here. Now right before we see the record of Philip and the miracles that were performed through him spreading the gospel, there was an event of the stoning of Stephen. They didn't welcome him and have great joy like they had with Philip. They resisted, and the elites, you might say, didn't appreciate what Stephen was telling them and stoned Stephen to death. And in chapter 7, in verse 58, And cast him out of the city, and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when they had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen, repeating the example that Jesus gave us, being forgiven to those even in the midst of them killing him. And this young man mentioned, whose name is Saul, was a Pharisee. One of those who was consenting or part of the group that wound up stoning Stephen to death continued to seek out Christians. In chapter 8, verse 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at 
that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They stuck around and stood strong. But now, a little later on, Saul is on his way to Damascus to hunt down more Christians to persecute them. And we see this unfold in chapter 9. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, the Christian way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Saul had the perfect response there. Humbled himself and said, Lord, acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord, what would you have me to do? And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when he when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard of many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name unto the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Chosen. Called from being one of the contrary ones that were seeking out Christians to take them back and have them killed, was saved on that road to Damascus. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. Saul converted right there on that road to Damascus. And such an event that took place, seeing that vision, seeing the Lord, right there, hearing the Lord, and being stricken with blindness, and then being healed, completely changed that man. As it continues in verse 19, And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. 
And then we saw certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Converted, going right to work, spreading the gospel. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem, and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength, and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. So how did the Jews react to that? One of their own, one of their own contrary folks, one of their own Pharisees that had now become a born-again Christian? Verse 23, And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. So they wanted to kill him. So they started plotting and planning ways to find him and to kill him because he had become a Christian. They were still contrary. But we can learn from this that the Lord can take people that were just fishermen, not well learned in the Word, and give them knowledge and understanding of the Word, and put them to work and do great miracles through them. And he can take someone who was of a supposed level of learning, which was Saul, who later changes his name to Paul, and convert him as well. He was so determined that he knew the truth, but yet it was a lie. And then when he was healed and went out into the world spreading the gospel, a lot of people were influenced by that. To be able to see someone that was so contrary to it now believing and now spreading the gospel. And with the knowledge of the Old Testament that Saul had, he was able to use that in his sermons to help bring the Jews. But they were real resistant to him. So the Lord gives him the specific task to go to the Gentiles. And quite a challenge and as we know, he wrote the majority of the New Testament and a great missionary, the greatest missionary of all time, you may say, and a wonderful example of how the Lord can use anyone, no matter whether they're uneducated or overly educated in the wrong things, and convert them and put them on the right track and do great miracles and wonders through them. But it always is by the power of the Lord. So we can also look at that in our lives as well. The Lord can use us no matter if we're very educated or undereducated. It doesn't matter because we get our true education, the true wisdom, the education and wisdom that really matters by way of the Holy Ghost. And He can do great miracles through us. And it is very, very important that we never try to take credit for any of it. Always... Lift it all up to the Lord. Everything that you're able to accomplish is by the power and the will and the might of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your work, just like you did these apostles of the, of the past that we can study 
Help us know that there is still more work out there to be done. Help all of us have the clarity and understanding of what you want to do, what your will is for us. And give us that boldness to step on up, get on out there, and be a part of the work. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.